The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Today we're going to be in Psalm chapter 66 as we continue to walk through this chapter of the book of Psalms. And today we're going to look at, one of the verses we'll look at is a verse quoted often. I've quoted it many times. Many preachers quote it. It's an absolute uh, needed truth to talk, think about when we talk about the idea of prayer and worship and things of that nature. But we obviously want to make sure we keep it in context uh, so we understand. And it's nice to, when we get to these passages that we've heard a lot, it's nice to be able to go back and look and see how it's fully used in context. One thing I always encourage, something I do often when I'm preparing to quote a verse or put something in as a supporting verse in a message, I make a point to go back and I read the context around it. Because sometimes, uh, I think well-meaning, but sometimes we can quote a a verse that seems to fit what we're trying to get to, but in context, it's not what the verse meant. And we don't want to be confusing. And so it's great today to be able to look at one of those and be able to get the context of it. But the context fits exactly the way it's always been, always been used. Now we're going to talk about the idea of worship today and how do we know when God hears us? How do we know when our worship is heard and and what are some things that David said that he said I know God hears me because and he gives a couple things here uh, that I think are great for us to evaluate for ourselves so let's go Psalm chapter 66 and verse number 13 the Bible says I will go into thy house with burnt offerings I will pay thee my vows which my lips have uttered and my mouth has spoken when I was in trouble I will offer unto thee burnt sacrifices of fatlings with the incense of rams. I will offer bullocks with goats, Selah. Come and hear, all ye that fear God, and I will declare what he hath done for my soul. I cried unto him with my mouth, and he was extolled with my tongue. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. But verily God hath heard me, he hath attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God, which hath not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. These last two verses are kind of the synopsis of what we're looking at here and kind of the premise I want to look at. He says, I am glad that God has heard me. He has actually attended to my prayer. He has not turned away from my prayer and nor his mercy from me. So he can, he, I know that God's listening. I know that God's doing something in my life. It's a confidence I have. And so he gives a couple things prior that at least David state, these are the reasons that I can find confidence in this and I know that God is listening. So let's go up to one that I find intriguing because it's something, believe it or not, I've been asked about before. It's something that um, I think we've got, you know, it's easy for us to do if we find ourselves in in rough scenarios. And David did it. He said back, um, verse 13, I will go into thy house with burnt offerings. I will pay thee my vows. What vows? Verse 14, which my lips have uttered and my mouth has spoken when I was in trouble. So you see certain scenarios where David, when he found himself in a rough scenario or things weren't working or weren't making sense or he was just struggling, that he made promises to God. And I, I kind of come like the idea, we heard many people say, Lord, if you get me out of this situation, then I will do this. Uh, I've heard many people say, Lord, if you provide or take care of the situation, then I'll go to church or then I'll do this or then I'll do that. And, and I will say this, I think most occasions, to be honest with you, when we, in the time of trouble make a promise to God generally speaking it's really more of trying to get God to take care of that circumstance because majority of them don't fulfill 
Every once in a while, over the 20, 20 years, somebody showed up at church. I was, and they explained the scenario. What should I do? And I said, well, if you made the promise, you, you, you know, be in church. But I, I hope we come and do things, not just because we feel obligated to something. But he said that. He said, in the midst of what's done, I'll make a promise. So he fulfilled the word he said. Here's the application that I would look at in this scenario. I think that one of the things we do in the scenario of being in church uh, one of our type of churches, we, uh, we really encourage you making decisions based upon uh, the preaching and the teaching you've heard that day. Anytime the Word of God is taught, anytime it's preached, there's something in there that I can learn from. I can learn more about who God is. I can learn more about who I am. There are very specific things that God has asked me to do, and, and obviously personally through the Holy Spirit, change this, work on this. There's things like that that absolutely need to be done. So when I look at that, I have to ask the question, and, and, and so what we do, I mean, for, I'm, I'm I'm going to skip where I'm going. We're, what we do then is we'll make a decision that day. We, we, in the church, we call them making a spiritual decisions. We'll make a decision. Sometimes we go to the altar. Sometimes we kneel at our pews. Sometimes we just, where we're standing, Lord, I need to work on this. And we know the reality of what God's doing in our lives. So now the important part, if we're going to grow in Christ and grow in sanctification, is recognize that the reason I'm making the decision is God has impressed upon my heart the need to make that decision. So now tomorrow it becomes my responsibility to go do what God has impressed upon me to do, fulfill the vow, fulfill the, the decision. Lord, today I'm going to decide to read my Bible more, to say it, I'm going to decide to do this, or whatever it would be. Well, I need to start trying to do it. I need to fulfill the steps I'm taking there. So he starts off by saying that he was going to fulfill his vow. Then he, I love this next, and he starts talking about how he begins to brag on all that God has done for him. Verse 15, I will offer unto thee burnt sacrifices and fatlings, with the incense of rams, I will offer bullocks. So it talks about his personal worship, verse 16. Come and hear, all ye that fear God, and I will declare what he hath done for my soul. I cried unto him with my mouth, and he was extolled with my tongue. So he continues to talk about praise, but he's telling other people about it. I'm telling you, when God does neat things in our life, you know, I think it's important to share those things. One, to brag on God. You know, sometimes we think, well, if I brag on what God's done in my life, you know, it's all about me. Well, I hope we don't make it all about me. And we can. If we're not careful, we can easily turn God's great miracles into our spiritual point or make us, you know, more, more of a victim or whatever in the scenario we're in and God protects us out of it. But I think, honestly, when God's done work in our life, it is important for us to share. You see, why is it important? Because there are some other people. One, it's important to let other people know God's moving. It's neat because other people might be in the scenario you were in prior to God's moving. And so if other people in that same scenario, boy, it's an encouragement to hear God working in that scenario. Okay, God's done it before. God's going to do it. And to hear God moving encourages other Christians who, you know, God, you know, they're in a different season, different scenario in that part of life. And and God is working differently in that scenario. So it's encouraging to say, hey, God worked in their life, he can work in mine. That's a powerful, important thing. That's why in church often we do testimonies. We give people a chance to share. And sometimes I think we have to, I'm afraid we have to dig to find out, let me make up a testimony. When God has moved in your heart, you're generally pretty quick and ready to tell God about it. And, or tell other people about it. And I hope that's true of you. Let's continue on to this verse I was mentioning earlier. Um, he says in verse 18, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. This is the verse that I referenced at the beginning of this. It is a very popular verse. It's used a lot in... Um, 
in a lot of messages talking about prayer, which is very true. He says, if I regard iniquity, the word regard means hide. Actually, the word regard can be translated to guard, to protect. So if I guard or protect iniquity, it's in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. The Lord will choose not to listen to me. And, it, and even in context, it's exactly what that verse means. That verse technically literally means that when I'm praying to God, if there is a sin in my life that I'm refusing. Now, here's interesting because he says regard. I'm refusing to get right with God. So literally, I'm guarding. I'm protecting it. I'm protecting that sin. I'm not letting other people know about it. I'm not going to go to God and confess it or repent of it. I'm going to protect it. I'm going to hide it and protect it and guard it so other people don't know about it. I can still live my fake life and I can still enjoy this sin. If I do that, he says, if I choose to do that, God says, I will not hear you. Now, please remember, he says, I will not hear you. It's not that I cannot hear you. It's not that God says I don't have the ability. This is God speaking here. God has the ability. Not, there's nothing beyond the capability of God. So he's not saying that your sin limits my ability to hear you. He says, I will look upon you and I will see the sin that you are refusing to deal with and I will choose not to listen to your prayer. We've often said this many, many times and it's absolute truth. If you're struggling with wondering why God is not answering a prayer. Now he might have answered and he just you don't like the answer. But sometimes it's not that. Sometimes you're asking and God is just not answering. He's just choosing not to. Why? Because he said a couple of things. Maybe, maybe just we, we've made promises to God we've not fulfilled. Maybe there's things in our life that we need to get right with God. You know, we, we can't just keep using God as a, hopefully if I promise this, God will take care of us. By the way, God's going to work in his will and his timing. I think these little promises that we put out there rarely, rarely see effect. I think God's going to move and he may use that to bring us to him, but God's going to move in his way. But you know, one of the things we see here is that God sometimes doesn't hear what we're going to say. God doesn't hear what we're, uh, what we're praying because we have sin in our life and we're refusing to get it right. Now, we, generally in those situations, my experience as a pastor, here's my experience, we've justified it. So we become comfortable with the sin. Everything seems to be fine. Here's what we say. God has not punished us for this sin, so therefore we're doing okay. So we go through the, the rounds of devotions and prayer. We come to church. We do all those things. But So as far as we're concerned, since there's not been a great punishment, we're okay. Uh, God's not really had a problem with what we're doing. But what we're missing is we're going through all the traditions of life and church, but we're not enjoying the power of God. We're not enjoying answer prayer. We're not seeing God move in our homes and our marriages and our families. We're just not seeing it because we've got sin we're holding and that's become so comfortable we don't want to deal with it. And I'm telling you, that I think is sometimes when David says, I'm glad that he's not turned away. But you know what David said right after this in verse 19? Verily God hath heard me. He says, I recognize that if I hide sin in my life, God won't hear me. So therefore, I'm going to deal with it. This is one of the reasons God used the phrase to describe David as a man after God, my own heart. Not because he was sinless or not because he sinned a lot, but because these type of things, he took responsibility and acknowledged his sin and dealt with his sin. It was the honesty before God, and this is the thing I think we might miss if we're not careful, is an unwillingness to get these things right. Let me encourage you. You got something in your life that either you don't want to deal with or you don't want to acknowledge or whatever it is, you're missing out on some great, sweet relationship with God. You're going through the tradition, and you're probably beginning to realize the tradition is just that. It's empty tradition. But get that right with God. Come to God today. Rekindle that sweet communion with God. Go back to worship. Go back to the things that you've promised at some point. All that sweet communion to God. You know what God will hear you when you worship and all that because you've given it all to God and you've dealt with it. Uh, you don't, don't, don't walk away thinking, well, I can't ever enjoy that today. You can give it to God and enjoy that sweet communion with Jesus again.
Well, thank you for joining us on this Wednesday edition of our podcast. We appreciate you and and encourage you and and brag on you a bit for being part of a group that spends time in God's Word, and we really thank you for letting me be part of your day today. And uh, we hope that maybe tonight, uh, if you're here in the area tonight, Ben Salem Baptist Church, our adult Bible study is at 7 o'clock in the auditorium, youth group, kids club, nursery, all start at 7 tonight. We'd love to invite you. Hope you see you tonight. If you can't make it, we'll see you online at 7 o'clock. Thanks for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you next time.